Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Monday, welcome in. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas, and we are coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Happy to be here with you on a Monday. Hope you had an outstanding weekend. I had a little uh, rest and relaxation in. First time in a long time. If you know me, I usually don't go out of my way to relax. In fact, don't ever really try to do any of that stuff. Because I just like enjoying life, but I uh, did have a little... Time away, spent some time up in the mountains, and uh, it was very, very fun, very revitalizing. So I hope you had an outstanding weekend as well. Because it is a Monday, we're going to get things started off with the Montana Basketball Hour. All sorts of stuff to get to. A clean sweep for the Big Sky Conference teams from the state of Montana. 
2-0 for all four of them, the Montana and Montana State men's and women's basketball teams. And uh, got a little, can't really call it a rubber match, but sort of a, a finality to a long week for the women's teams tonight in Bozeman. Very atypical. Uh, because it's so haphazard and the scheduling was so unpredictable, we're not there, and, and that's a bizarre thing. I, I've never previewed or did lead up to a Montana-Montana State sports rivalry event where I wasn't going to it. I've, I've been to every rivalry game for hoops, I, I think, since 2003. I think I'm on 18 years in a row. So this will be the first time I haven't been to one of these. I think the only football game I ever missed was the uh, Cat Grizz football game in, in Bozeman in 2009 because I was very, very sick that weekend, but still watched it on TV. But as a professional journalist slash radio commentator, analyst, whatever you want to call my job, I've never missed one of these. So I don't, I don't really know what to even think or do with myself, but that doesn't. you don't care about any of that. You just want to know what's going to happen in the game tonight. So Montana State hopes Montana in women's basketball tonight. Fourth home game in seven days. For the Bobcat women, third game in five days for the Lady Grizz as well. So sort of a reignition of the schedules for those two programs. So we'll talk you all the way around the results from this weekend, plus give you a preview of tonight's game. When this show is over, you can keep it right here as well because the game will be on SWX Montana Television. 7 p.m. tip. Pre-game starts a little before that. Chris Byers on the play-by-play. Our great friend and Big State Conference insider, Chris Redpath on the color commentary. And our good friend, and Montana State Insider Alex Eshelman on the sidelines. So a couple of our key contributing guests here at Nuanas Now will be on the call for you tonight from Bozeman. So even though I'm not there, very excited to watch this game and tons to get to. And I feel sort of, uh, I can feel my, my intro to journalism teachers screaming at me right now for burying the lead. This isn't about equality or this isn't about... Uh, exposure or spotlight that a sport is under, there is no question that the NFL should be leading this show. So I will say a tidbit as a tease for later. Our great friend Marty Morningweg will be here later on, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Uh, he's coached the NFL for 25-plus years. I know he's got a lot to say about the weekend that was in the NFL, but I think we can all agree. We can dissect the ins and outs of the details, but, oh, my God, <laughs> what, a, what a weekend of football. I don't care who you are. One of the best weekends ever. I know that there was uh, some consternation amongst some of the faithful fan bases that of the teams that lost, specifically the Green Bay Packers, as we've talked about throughout uh, the last several months, really. Uh, our owner and... Uh, sort of brain trust here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. She is a diehard Packers fan. She's from Madison, Wisconsin, and, and loves Lambeau Field and the Packers. And she was just uh, heart-stricken. She's just beside herself from over the weekend. So there are some people that maybe didn't quite enjoy it on an emotional letdown level from fans. But objectively, from a competitive standpoint... From the Cincinnati Bengals winning on a walk-off field goal to go to the AFC Championship game for the first time in almost 40 years to the Green Bay Packers, stubbing their toes and losing 
to Mr. Nine Lives. Jimmy Garoppolo keeps on winning playoff games. It doesn't matter how many haters he's got. He's got San Francisco in the NFC Championship game once again. And this time, they did it on a five-degree night in snowy Lambeau Field. And they also won on a walk-off field goal to Tom Brady making all sorts of phone calls or however you get a hold of the voodoo magic people. He gets all the voodoo magic once again, gets it all the way tied back up after uh, an unbelievable um, comeback. And then, of course, I shouldn't say of course, but it seemed fitting that the guy who made the play, Cooper Cup, Eastern Washington's finest, Big Sky Conference alum, just continues to have the, all the magic himself. And maybe, maybe he's the guy that takes that magic wand from Tom Brady. But finally, Tom Brady doesn't quite have enough juice left in the tank for an unbelievable comeback. And then, of course, last night, I mean, Andrew, this isn't hyperbole, right? I, I can totally say that last night's game was one of the games of the century, right? I mean, of this century, this twenty, this 21st century, 21 years in, that was one of the best football games I've ever watched in my life. I can't think of a better one right now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it was so funny because I did what I never do. I, my, I had a little family dinner last night with my brother and his kids and uh, wanted to eat early because it's Sunday, get the kids in bed. So we put the game on pause. So we were about 45 minutes behind real time. So we made the pact, put our phones on top of the cupboard, no texting, just enjoy each other, enjoy the family. It was great to, you know, not be checking Twitter and stuff on your phone. But then by the time we were watching the last 45 minutes of this of this thing on the DVR, I mean, it was like playing blackjack. The hits just keep on coming. And the, we've already put the kids to bed at this point, so we're trying to not scream <laughs> throughout the house, but just touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. I mean, to put this thing in perspective, Patrick Mahomes threw for 177 yards and two touchdowns last night after the two-minute warning. After the two-minute warning, he almost threw, for 100, or almost threw for 200 yards and two touchdowns after the two-minute warning. And... Despite all the drama, despite all of the various different storylines that have come and gone this season, and what do you know, the uh, AFC Championship game going through Kansas City. But it it was a spectacular effort. It was one of those games where you wish neither team could lose. They both played so well, it was like, both these teams should just move on. We should just do this again next week. Well, they should have just kept letting them go back and forth. I mean, I don't care where you start them from. You can start them from the 25, like the college overtime. You could start them on their own 25 and just have them go back and forth with with the drives, you know? I I knew that um, the Bills left too much time the first time they scored, and, of course, Kansas City came back and scored again. I was I was and I was flabbergasted that they left left too much time the second time. Thirteen seconds for Patrick Mahomes to come back down and get the field goal to send it in overtime. And I was so so happy that he made that kick and that it worked out. And then we and then we got some overtime. But yeah, the NFL overtime rule will be one of the hot topics of debate. And this is why the NFL rules all because on one hand, the two biggest stars, the two most recognizable people in the National Football League. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady both got knocked out in the divisional round before the championship games even roll around. That would be so detrimental to every other professional sports league in the world. Yet, the NFL remains king because, one, you still got Patrick Mahomes playing in the AFC championship game. You got another rising star in Joe Burrow. You got interesting teams with the Rams and the 49ers. Big markets, all that. But now you get to dominate the conversation on both sides, and that's where the NFL just just destroys everybody because you talk about all the people that are left and you have just as much conversation about all the people that lost. And now everybody's just going to be talking about where's Aaron Rodgers going? Where's Tom Brady going? 
So it's going to be fascinating to see how it all goes. Our good friend Marty Morningweg, he will be in studio for the second hour. So we'll get to that here in just a little while. A text in from uh, our text line, which, by the way, if you want to stream Nuanas now, any of your various mobile devices, computer, tablet, any of that, head on over to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live. Want to be a part of the show? Call us, text us, 406-888-1029-888-1029. And all guests join us via the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. A text from that phone line says, First off, Coulter called it on Friday. Holy hell, those playoff games were good. Has there ever been that many combined points scored in the final two minutes of a game? I don't know. There was so many touchdowns, so many blown coverages, so many sweet throws. Also, just a random question I've had. Since Coach Marty started coming on the show, how did his coaching career evolve? What steps were there between Grizz QB to coach in the NFL? We'll ask Marty that when he comes by about 45 minutes. So that'll be fun. Looking forward to uh, having Marty Morningweg uh, on the show. But before we get into all that NFL stuff, let's dive into the Montana Basketball Hour, which is presented proudly by the Advocates. The Advocates always reminding you you may not need them now, but when you do, know that the advocates will be there for you. You didn't deserve to be an advocate. You, excuse me. You didn't deserve to be in an accident, but you do deserve an advocate. Call the advocates at 640-4444 or visit online, montanaadvocates.com. A couple notes from around the great state of Montana, first and foremost, before we get into some hoops. A Missoulian, a great friend of this show, one of the most fun guys to have on ESPN Radio, Quinn Wolferman. He's come on Nuanas now and or two-tail Nuanas throughout the years. We usually have him on once per winter as he chases his awesome skiing dreams. But Quinn, a Missoula Big Sky graduate, he won an X Games gold medal over the weekend. He's been in the X Games before. He's been on the Dew Tour for a couple years. But this is just awesome, man. Quinn Wolferman of Missoula. Gold medal in the X Games in Aspen, Colorado on Sunday. He's competed in the event twice. This is a newer event in the X Games. He's a skier, and it's called the Knuckle Huck. And uh, it's about exactly what you what it sounds like. You go off this giant knuckle and you huck it as, as hard as you can. Well, he won gold in that. He, he finished third the last two times. Um, but now a gold medal for Quinn Wolferman. So very cool for him. Also, Whitefish's Maggie Voison, who qualified for the Olympics, Last week, she also competed in the X Games this last weekend. This was her 10th X Games. And she competed in both the women's ski big air as well as women's ski slope style. So very cool. And then a third skiing note, Darian Stevens of Missoula is going back to the Olympics for a third time. Both Darian Stevens and Maggie Voison have had careers that rose rapidly when they were teenagers. They both made Olympics very early on. Then they both struggle with devastating wrecks and injuries. And now here they are on the, the back end of their, at least Olympic portion of their careers, each going to the Olympic Games for the third time. So very cool for them. Great perseverance by those two young ladies. And very cool for us that two of the members of Team USA, Olympic freestyle skiing, are from the state of Montana. Pretty awesome. And one last note for you before we dive into these results from over the weekend from Big Sky Conference Hoops here in the state of Montana. I'm not going to stop talking about this kid. I'm obsessed with him. 
watching him run is like it's like nothing else. He is just ferocious on the track. He is dominant. He like stares down the timers on the scoreboard and you can see him like calculating how fast he needs to run laps in his distance racing to see how he can truly take down what seemed like unbreakable records. Duncan Hamilton from Montana State, he's a Bozeman native. He was on the show last week after he ran a 356 in the mile, which was the number one time in the United States of America for collegiate indoor track at the time he ran it. Well, this weekend, oh my goodness, what do you do for an encore? Well, you have one of the greatest runs in the history of Montana State track and field. Oh, by the way, he broke a record that stood since 1991 set by Shannon Butler. Shannon Butler is one of the three or four best athletes in the history of the Big Sky Conference. I believe he was number three in the Big Sky's all-time athletes list during their 50th anniversary. Shannon Butler is a multiple-time Olympian. Shannon Butler had held this record since 1991, and Duncan Hamilton, he destroyed it his altitude adjusted time in the 3,000 meters on saturday in bozeman seven minutes and 48 seconds i'm gonna say that again he ran a 3k in seven minutes and 48 seconds it's not even possible to think of that he broke shannon butler's school record by six full seconds and he smashed the facilities record at brick Field fieldhouse by nine full seconds nine seconds people that is an unbelievable uh, record-setting performance, and uh, wow, just uh, just crazy to watch Duncan Hamilton continue to just topple records. I, I'm going to keep talking about him because I think that he has already established himself as a world-class runner, not not an All-American, a world-class runner. And the, I mean, the kid can't be more than 21 years old. I mean, he's going to continue to chase these dreams. I don't know what. I think the sky is the absolute limit for him. More on track and field. Distance running, all that stuff later on in the week. All sorts of fun stuff coming up for you throughout the rest of this week as well. But let's dive into what happened over this last weekend. It is the Montana Basketball Hour, presented by The Advocate. You deserve an advocate. You can call The Advocates today, 406-640-4444, or you can go online, montanaadvocates.com. Montana Basketball Hour diagnosing all of what happened over the weekend. Let's talk first and foremost about the game that was here in Missoula. Like I said, I was uh, got out of town for a little bit this weekend. Uh, it was a long football season. Need a little recharge, so I went up uh, to the hot springs up at White Sulphur Hot Springs and uh, soaked in the mineral waters, sat in a cabin with no cell service, played some games, read some books. It was great. But you know, we always like to have a presence at all of the various sporting events we can possibly be at, and so... Uh, our, our guy, Andrew Houghton, our producer, as well as one of our writers at Skyline Sports, he went on down to University of Montana on Saturday afternoon and got to take in the Montana Lady Grizz. For the second time of the weekend, Lady Grizz completed the sweep of the weekend slate, giving them three wins in a row, heading into tonight match, tonight's matchup against Montana State in Bozeman. Lady Grizz won 66-60 to over Northern Arizona on Saturday. So, Andrew, um, first of all, you hadn't watched the Lady Grizz live until this last weekend. It's always much easier to sort of analyze a team once you see them twice in a row because you can kind of get the gist of their chemistry and the way that they play together and uh, the rotations, coaching styles, all that sort of thing. So seeing Lady Grizz round two, I guess a team in Northern Arizona is much better than the Portland State team that they beat on Thursday. What were some of your impressions? Yeah, Coulter is a hard 180 from Thursday when they put up – 90 points, 90-some right. points against right. Portland State. I thought this was really more impressive because Northern Arizona is a team with a lot of talent. 
And Montana had to sort of grind it out down the stretch. And here's the thing that you sometimes don't see from teams that um, haven't won a ton of games or haven't closed out a ton of games. Just being able to close out that game down the stretch. I mean, they were up 6 to 10 points for most of the second half. Never really let Northern Arizona make a run. That's the kind of thing that you see from from really mature teams. So I was impressed. I continue to be impressed with the the sort of combo guard tandem of, of Sophia Styles and Sammy Fatkin. And the post showed up again. Carmen G. Feller was really good. And Abby Anderson, even though she only had six points, made a couple of really big plays down the stretch. And, of course, the freshman Haley Heward with another couple big three-point shots. I don't know. I, you remember, certainly. I don't know how many listeners remember. The last time I was here, the Montana Lady Grizz did not have any outside shooters. It was it was right. probably their biggest weakness, you know, the last couple of years. Uh, oh, man. Here yes. they've, got, they've got girls who can shoot, and they're willing to shoot it, and they run plays, and it just makes everything so much easier on offense. I should say they run plays to get three-point shots. It just makes things so much easier on offense when you have that spacing, and that continued again for them. So all together, a really impressive weekend, and I'm glad I got to see it down there at Dahlberg Arena. A couple detail questions for you. Because I already know kind of what I think, but I'm excited to see this team a little bit more in person too. To be fair, I've only seen the Lady Grizz four times live, like in in person. Watch them on the stream uh, many times. I will be watching again tonight. By the way, Montana at Montana State tonight, 7 p.m. right here, SWX Montana Television. Chris Byers, Chris Redpath, Alex Eshelman on the call. How would you describe Sammy Fatkin? Because she is somebody that I, I haven't gotten a full immersion again since her return. I liked her a lot when she was here the first time, but it was so early on, she was sort of of trying to acclimate to this haphazard locker room. And I don't know, we'll leave it at that. But what what do you think of her? Because I think that she, to me, she's a very unique player in the Big Sky Conference. Not because I'm saying she's so much more talented. She's just different than most, most players you see in this league. I like her a lot. I liked her a lot when she first came onto the team, and I was really disappointed when she... Uh, left the team, decided to stop playing, and really happy when I heard that she came back because I just like watching her play. I think she's a lot more natural just basketball player than a lot of these girls. Um, That's exactly how I would describe her. She, she's more fluid. She she's, just, she's a positionless basketball player. That's true. Right? Like, That's true. She, you can you can tell her, hey, we need you to play the one or the two, or you can tell her, you're playing whatever. You're floating. You're, or you're playing like this float four that they're using her at sometimes. Yeah, they, they've started playing this lineup with her at the four, which allows them to go small. And like I was talking about, the three-point shooting allows them to get a lot of the shooting out on the court. Yeah, she can do that. I mean, she can she can drive. She can pass. She can defend. She can post up. But I just think, you know, watching her, she's just a lot more fluid. She's got good handles. She's a good one-on-one scorer. She's She's been really impressive. The other one I want to ask you about, because I'm interested to analyze her from a sort of refresh, refreshed lens as well, is, is Abby Anderson. You mentioned her. I think her talent is just unbelievable. I mean, top-notch. If she maximized her talent, she's, like, going to play basketball for a long time because I think she could definitely play at least overseas. But what, what do you think of her? Is, is she becoming a little bit more comfortable, more fluid herself? Yeah, I think so. She's taken a couple steps forward from where she was when I saw her last time. And and like you said, I mean, it's easy to see the appeal of Abby Anderson, right? She's she's big. She's athletic. She's really she's really skilled, and she she always has been. She was never, you know, when I was here last time, never one of the players that I felt like they could depend on in a big sure. game. Um, I think she's playing with a little bit more edge now. 
a lot more experience, and it's not experience of, of knowing what to do, or it's not even experience where she's gotten more talented. Because like we've said, she's always been so talented. But it's just experience of knowing what to do in those close games and being able to do it in those close games and, and not being overwhelmed by the moment or overwhelmed by, you know, the opponent's physicality. I mean, Northern Arizona really came out in the first half really strong on the boards with Kyrie Rashid, Emily Rodabaugh, a couple of their other girls that were dominating Montana on the offensive boards in the first half. Second half, they turned it around, and it was Montana getting those big offensive rebounds, and Abby Anderson had a lot to do with that. So I think she has taken a couple steps forward in some more intangible things than what I saw her last time. I, th- I think she's really good. More on the Lady Grizz here upcoming, because we're going to continue to diagnose tonight's game here on the Montana Basketball Hour, which is presented by the Advocates. You did not deserve to be in an accident, but you do deserve an advocate. In Bozeman, this was a cool scene. We've talked about this on this show several times. Uh, our sister stations promote this quite a bit as well. Uh, this is a huge issue here in the state of Montana with human trafficking, specifically when it comes to indigenous women. And uh, there's the Missing or Murdered Indigenous Women organization that's bringing awareness to this. And the awareness campaign is, is now called No More Missing Sisters. Well, Cola Badbear, who is a proud member of the Crow tribe, she brought this initiative to Montana State and wanted to use it. They wanted to play a No More Missing Sisters game. They did that on Saturday. Very cool because not only was it a great, uh, a great ceremony to bring awareness to a very crucial, important, and dire cause, but also Cola Badbear, who spearheaded this thing, she also came up and scored 13 points to lead Montana State game high. In points for the Billing Senior product. And uh, just very cool. Very cool for her. A, a great note from Montana State Sports Information in their notes uh, after the game. I, I hadn't realized this. Montana State University has done a tremendous job in boosting its uh, Native American student enrollment. They have almost 850 Native American students at Montana State. They, they're boasting an enrollment that is almost 5% Native American. I think that's great. I think that's so cool that the land-grant university in the state of Montana is also uh, catering to all of the the indigenous peoples that make up the fabric of Montana and make it so great, particularly from a sporting element. So um, I was pleasantly surprised by that and, and very good to hear. So that's that's certainly an essential part of their campus culture there in Bozeman and, and very cool and it's something that I hope, I hope those numbers can be replicated at an even higher level across uh, universities of higher learning or, or colleges of higher learning here in the state of Montana. On the men's side, grind, grind, grind it out. The Montana men posted a 58-48 win over Northern Arizona and Flagstaff. Montana gets the weekend sweep. Despite averaging 62 points per game, they still won their games by an average of 6.5 points. And uh, that's kind of where they're at right now. It, it's it's funny to look at the Big Sky stats. Because now Montana is sitting there at 12 and 6 overall. They, they've, had, they've had a great year so far under Travis DeCure. This team seems to be playing with a little bit more confidence. Their role definition is, is certainly ironing itself out just a little bit at least. They're not trying to play the basketball that is taking the world by storm right now. Not so much at all. They're trying to play the opposite side. This is more Tony Bennett's Virginia than it's ever going to be uh, the Golden State Warriors. And you want to know who doesn't care? Travis Takir, after his team moves to 6-2 and two in Big Sky Conference play. I shouldn't say he doesn't care. He, in fact, loves it. 
we're playing really well right now, and I think that's a, there's a lot of confidence in that. Not just confidence in themselves, but in their teammates. I think we're doing a good job of allowing guys to be who they are and play into our strengths. If this is the strength, that's fine, because if that's what you're going to emphasize, if you're winning, you're winning. And the Grizz now 6-2 and two in league play. We're going to come back to this just in terms of what this means for Montana moving forward. But uh, the Grizz scored just 124 points total and still come up with Two road victories over Portland State and Northern Arizona, respectively. The Grizz are back home on Thursday against Idaho and then Saturday against Eastern Washington. The Bobcat men play Eastern Washington on Thursday, and over the weekend, they won their ninth game in the last 10 by defeating Portland State 73-60. to And I don't really know how this has gone under the radar, but for my my 10 years covering Bobcat basketball, my 16 years covering the Big Sky Conference, it has been just rinse and repeat with MSU. I cannot tell you how many times the Bobcats got off to 2-0, 3-0, 4-0, 3-1 starts in Big Sky Conference play and then completely faded to then finish right around 500 year after year after year after year other than the first year of the Brian Fish era, this team has been sitting right there. Two games above or two games below 500. They're sitting right there at fourth or sixth in the standings in the Big Sky Conference. That's it. That's all over and over and over and over again. Well, now they've won nine out of ten. The Bobcats are 14 and five. This isn't some, you know, oh my gosh, they should be deserving votes in the mid-major poll or something like that. But this is a total, totally new circumstance for for me, at least individually, covering Bobcat basketball. They've never won nine games in ten in ten outings since I've covered them. Seriously, that's not an exaggeration. They've never won nine out of ten in my time covering them. The last time they won twenty games in a season, I was a freshman in high school. So, even though they're, they're maybe not getting the hype quite yet, this Montana State team don't look now, but they're six and two in league play. They're fourteen and five overall. They have a win over the Grizzlies. They're first in that category in quite some time. And uh, they still have a long ways to go to, to be the team that they could be as well. So Danny Sprinkle comes on this show every week. He'll be on with us again tomorrow. He's always harping on what they need to get better on, not letting them rest on their laurels, not taking any of the, the praise or hype, and not really driving the hype either. Yet, Montana State... I'm not going to say a sneaky contender in the Big Sky because they did play for the conference title a year ago, but this this has the makings, I, I can say at least, to be one of the better years of the 21st century and one of the better years of uh, my my time following sports in Montana if Montana State can keep it going. We have some questions to answer about the four Big Sky Conference teams here in the state of Montana, and we'll do that next here on the Montana Basketball Hour. The Montana Basketball Hour is presented to you by the advocates. You may not need them now, but when you do, know that the advocates will be there for you. You can call the advocates today, 406-640-4444, or visit online at montanaadvocates.com. More on the Montana Basketball Hour. Keep it right here. It's ESPN Radio, New Orleans Now. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. 
Big Sky Conference basketball teams from the state of Montana all swept the weekend of league competition, and an atypical rivalry game will play out in Bozeman on Monday evening. Hello, I'm Coulter Nuanez. In Missoula Saturday afternoon, the Lady Grizz of Montana won their third straight game, posting a 66-60 victory over Northern Arizona. UM junior Carmen G. Feller scored 18 points and grabbed 13 rebounds to help Montana move to 5-2 and two in Big Sky Conference play after beating an NAU team that came to the Treasure State with just one conference loss, but leaves with three. The Montana State women won for their third straight game during a stretch that has the Bobcats playing four games in seven days all at home. On an afternoon where MSU drew awareness to the No More Stolen Sisters Human Trafficking of Indigenous Women cause, the Bobcats posted a 71-56 win over Portland State. Cola Badbear, who comes from Crow Heritage, scored 13 points to lead the way. Montana State hosts Montana in the first of two women's basketball rivalry games this month. The last time the Lady Grizz won in Bozeman came in 2014. On the men's side, Montana and Montana State completed road sweeps on Saturday. The Grizz used a second straight, stifling defensive effort to post a 58-48 win at Northern Arizona. And despite the absence of senior guard Amin Adamu for the second game in a row, Montana State posted a 73-60 win over Portland State in the City of Roses. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. One of the most uh, undertold wild stories, not just in the music industry, in the entertainment industry, is the story of Tupac Shakur going to prison and then getting a plea deal that involved a giant bond being posted by Suge Knight, the founder and CEO of Death Row Records. And the deal was that Suge Knight was going to post bond and bail for Tupac to get out of jail early under the premise that Tupac would then cut four records for death row. Well, little did Suge Knight know that Tupac had been writing and writing and writing and writing and writing the whole time he was incarcerated. And so he drops all eyes on me instantly upon his release from prison and then manages to put out two more albums and then basically is out from the deal with Suge Knight and Death Row Records in the span of less than two years because he was that prolific. And uh, I don't know. There's all sorts of thin rabbit holes you can go down in terms of what this meant for Tupac's impending death at the time. But trading bail money for record contracts. You don't see that. Uh, that's, a, that's an undertold story. I think it needs to be told more. It's is now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Thanks so much for being with us here on a Monday. A little piece of news for those that have followed uh, football from around the state of Montana for a while. Mike Riley, who finished his high school career up at Kalispell Flathead. He was a grade older than me. He did a drop-step dunk against me one time in a basketball game. Uh, a little more athletic than yours, truly. He, though, went on to fulfill that athleticism. He started his career out at Washington State, but then he ended up at Central Washington. He's one of the great D2 quarterbacks of the last 20 years. Lit it up at Central. Grizz fans remember probably in 2008 when Central Washington came in here, led by Mike Riley and Johnny Spivak, and nearly bounced the Grizzlies. They, the Grizz ended up winning 
and uh, Mike Riley almost gets an upset of, the, of uh, his home state team. Well, Riley, after then graduating from Central, he flirted with the NFL off and on, but mostly found his home in the CFL, and he just retired today. He's played 11 CFL seasons, 36 years old, so chased the pro football dream for about 14, 15 years, did spend 11 years up in Canada, and an, an unbelievable career for Mike Riley. Finishes his time in the CFL, leading the league in passing four different times. He's one of only three quarterbacks, including Doug Flutie, to throw for more than 5,000 yards three times, three different seasons. He was the league's most outstanding player, and he had two great cap championships, one with the BC Lions, who he retires with, and also one with the franchise formerly known as the Edmonton Eskimos. They changed this offseason. I can't remember what they changed to, um, but that's to here nor there. But Mike Riley retires, so uh, cool for him, Kalispell. I'm not going to say native because he actually, I think, went to – I think he grew up somewhere else, but he definitely went to high school up at Kalispell Flathead. And uh, so we claim him as one of Montana's favorite sons, but a uh, great career uh, by Mike Riley. Let's dive back into the Montana basketball hour. You may not need them now, but when you do, you know the advocates will be there for you. You can call the advocates today or anytime, 406-640-4444, or you can visit online at montanaadvocates.com. Always remember, you deserve an advocate. Three questions here on the Montana Basketball Hour. We'll bring back in Andrew Houghton, our, our producer here at ESPN, as well as a writer and analyst at Skyline Sports. So I got three questions about the Montana schools, Andrew. The first question has to do with tonight's game. Montana State hosts Montana, a very atypical, I I would actually venture to say, first time ever this game has been played on a Monday. But here we are. That's what happens when you're in a pandemic. So here's some some backstory here. Here's some some quick-hitting notes, thanks to Tom Schultz from Montana State Sports Information for this. Montana State has won six straight rivalry games against the Lady Grizz. That's six in a row. That's the longest streak they've had in quite some time against the Lady Grizz. The Cats have taken nine out of the last ten meetings. Montana's last win in the series period came on February 24, 2018 in Missoula. That was an 87-63 decision. Shannon Schwain pulled out all the stops in that one when she was the Lady Grizz head coach. Ran this weird 3-2 zone that uh, talked Montana State into shooting a bunch of threes. Montana State did not shoot the ball well at all. So that was the lone Lady Grizz win over the last 10 meetings. That was back in February 2018. The last time the Lady Grizz won in Bozeman came on March 4th, 2014. So that's a full eight seasons now, 72-65 that game. But to put that in perspective, Jordan Sullivan has been an assistant coach for the Lady Grizz since her playing career finished. The last time the Lady Grizz won in Bozeman was when Jordan Sullivan was still a player for Montana. All that said, Montana State has dominated this rivalry, thoroughly dominated it. And last year, it wasn't even close. I mean, MSU beat Montana in Worthington Arena last year, 70-46. to That's the largest margin of victory for the Montana State women over the Lady Grizz ever. So the last time these two teams played in Bozeman, it was the biggest beatdown the Bobcats have ever been on the right side of. Yet, I feel entering this game tonight, this feels like a coin flip. What say you? Why do I think that? Well, Coulter, one note first. New uh, new nickname for the CFL Edmonton team is the Elks. The Elks. The Edmonton Elks. That's right. I think it feels like a coin flip between because these teams are really close. And I mean that in the way that, like, there are not a lot of other teams that are on the same tier as these two in the Big Sky Conference. 
Sure. Because I think that... I, so to, 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 to pause you there just for a sec, you saw Northern Arizona this week. Right. These two teams in your power rankings are above Northern Arizona? Because any sure. you came in the weekend with one league loss. So I'm just trying to fill out the sort of the stratification here. Because I feel like these two teams are two of the best teams in the league. Am I, I, f- I feel that the same way. I mean, I don't think they're quite on the same level as Idaho State. I don't think so. I don't think anybody is. But I think they're right below Idaho State. I and totally I'm not agree. sure how many teams are on that second tier with them. I don't think Northern Arizona is, man. Sure. At, after watching them this weekend, Southern Utah, I mean, jury's still out. Southern Utah was the last undefeated team left in the Big Sky Conference. But Idaho State handled them uh, pretty handily in Pocatello this weekend. So maybe, and I haven't really seen Southern Utah, so maybe Southern Utah's up there with the Montana teams. Sure. But I think you could make an argument that these uh, they're the two and three teams in the conference right now. Well, and I think that's where exactly where they should be. I mean, in fact, for, for sure. When you're talking about any sort of expectations now, you know, now the fact that Trisha Binford is the most veteran coach in the big sky and that Montana seems to have renewed uh, vision and expectation under Brian Holsinger. These two teams have to be towards the top of the league. I mean, they're, they're two of the best strong teams in the United States, so they, they should be there. No doubt. And I think the other thing that we're talking about why it's so close, their rosters are not really built the same. That's but right. I think That's it, right. That's I think right. it evens out to about the same place. I mean, Montana State has the best player on the, in this game in Darian White. In Darian White, certainly. How many of the next best players, you know, two, three, four, who are going to be on the floor tonight play for Montana? Probably, I mean, by four. Yeah. So it, 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 I don't think any, I don't think individually anybody on Montana State's as good as Sophia Styles or Carmen G. Filler or Abby Anderson or Sammy Thacken. Yeah, I would agree. So it's it's a really interesting kind of clash. But you know, Darian White has been the one one woman show this year. Yep, she's definitely good enough to make it a game. And then of course, it's over in Bozeman. It's in Bozeman. They will have a great crowd on hand tonight for sure. Montana State this last weekend looked just exponentially better than they had the previous couple weeks. Part of that's because Darian White was back healthy, and they were just actually playing because they had to take 16 days off because of COVID stuff. But also, they hit 9 and 10 threes in the games. That's the key, too. If Leah Beattie and Caitlin Lamardo, Lexi Deedon, who's a Missoula product, if they, if they can step outside and hit shots, that's the whole thing. Because Darian White is a great player. She's not actually a scorer, even though she's six. She's averaging 16 points per game and is second in the league in scoring. She can score the basketball, but she's not a scorer. She's no, a, her, her perfect role was when she was a freshman. Right, totally. And she was, she was running the show and playing great defense and opening things up for everybody else, but she also had great players on the team. They run this dribble-drive offense that is perfectly catered to her because she can dribble, she can drive right by you. She will beat you off the dribble 97% of the time. It's amazing watching her first step. But then when she gets in the paint, she's great at finishing, but she's even better at those one-handed passes, those Steve Nash, John Stockton's to the corner, to the wing, and it leaves her so many open shots. And you're right, when she had Fallon Friggy and Blair Braxton and, and Madeline Smith knocking those shots down, they were an unstoppable juggernaut. I mean, that was one of the best Big Sky Conference teams I've ever seen. And uh, so they just need those players to come along. But I totally agree with you. It's like this up-tempo, point guard-based team where it's the, the singular centerpiece, but then all sorts of different weapons. Because you never know with MSU. I mean, they even though I wouldn't say individually they have anybody that ranks up there with some of the top-tier talent on the Lady Grizz, Kaitlyn Morrow can actually absolutely go off for 20. Leah Beatty can absolutely go off for 20. Lexi Deaton can absolutely score 16. But then that said, Montana has such a huge advantage because they have these combo guards that are playing off each other like Styles and... and um, 
back end, but more than anything, though, it's the it's the two-headed monster in the post. It's G. Feller and, Ad, and Abby Anderson that give Montana a huge edge, uh, at least in the paint. Yeah, and I think the other thing coming into this game where we're talking about, man, it, it's really a coin flip. I know these t- two teams, they're both 5-2 and two in conference, but they've both had the exact same, you know, progression. Yes. They, they won the first two before the winter break. And everybody was like, oh, man, are Montana and Montana State back? Then they came back, got swept, and now they've won three in a row. So they've ended up in the exact same place on the exact same path. I mean, it makes it difficult to pick. Okay, question number two here on the Montana Basketball Hour. Talking all things Big Sky Conference hoops around the state of Montana. If Travis DeCure really digs his heels in, which why why wouldn't he? He's, uh, he's won a lot of games in Montana, had a lot of success. But the question, rather than the dynamic of actually Coach DeCure, if the Grizz men's basketball team decide that they want to play slugfest, 15-round heavyweight boxing, how sustainable is it, and is that Montana's best way to win? Yeah, I think it is at this point, and I think that's the way I, I think that's the way they should do it. Sure. Because not only, I mean, for all the reasons that we've talked about X's and O's wise as to why that's a good idea, because it allows you to control the game and it allows you to, you know, make every game close and just trust that you're going to win because, yeah, you have the best coach at the end. It also, if they keep doing it, it builds itself into an identity. And that becomes something that the team can feed off of as long as everybody is bought in. And you're this far down the path and you're succeeding with it, it becomes all that much easier to make it into an identity. Grizz go 2-0 over the weekend, even though they only average 62 points per game. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I, I, I hear from so many out there in the community. It's Nuance Now, ESPN Radio. And one thing I always hear from, from Grizz fans, especially when the Grizz had been at home and one of the premier individual guys in the league from the other team performs in Missoula, I always hear from Grizz fans, why don't the Grizz go get a guy like that? And first of all, I think that there is a real narrative there. Travis Secure, I think, would even agree with me. But there's several guys. There's actually a lot of guys that if they played at different schools or in different systems over the last five or six years, they would be a quote-unquote guy like that. Coach Secure doesn't want a guy that averages 20 points per game. I mean, let's be honest. If Michael Ogine plays in a different system, he's averaging 20 points per game. He just bought into his role in Montana. So I do think that there's that part of it. But also, though, I just feel knowing Travis – pretty well that he gets great joy in you know Jalen Cohn is leading the Big Sky Conference in scoring he's averaging 20 points per game he's a visited tech transfer he's been lighting it up well they held Jalen Cohn to single figures scoring and and they used scored 48 points so Travis can just sit there and say mm-hmm, that's right that's I told you so this is this is how we play and our style beats that style every time yeah, I think that's right. I'm sure he's he's just sitting there, you know, with a little smile on his face. But also, the other way that it plays into his hands is it just allows him to have as much control over the game as possible. Because you're you're playing those low-scoring games and you're winning with defense and it's just there are fewer things that can go wrong as opposed to when you're running back up and down the court and you're you know, you're playing an 82 to 80 game. I mean, when you're doing that, anything can go wrong. When you're consistently getting stops, you can control the game and sort of limit the the crazy stuff. Post game radio show, Riley Corcoran, our good friend, who I'm gonna uh, we're gonna bring back around into the fold starting tomorrow. He's gonna join us uh, sometime later this week, but I'm recording with him tomorrow morning. So look forward to that. Voice of the Grizz, back on Nuanas now. But in his post game with Travis, Riley asked him about 
the lull, the, 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 it was like a five-and-a-half-minute stretch where the Grizz didn't score. You know, Coach, what was going on during that period, and, and how'd you get out of it? And Travis said, I love how we were playing during that span because we got stops every time. He, he didn't care at all that they hadn't scored in five minutes because they didn't give up any points either, and that's, that's all he's worried about right now. And I, I, it's, it's a great testament to, like you're saying, solidifying it, the identity that he wants Montana basketball to be about. If you're consistently getting stops and you're holding the other team to 50 points or what, whatever, it doesn't matter whether you're making your threes, which is something that's on and off every sure. night. You know, it doesn't matter. Right. That's my biggest question, though, because I don't really know if this Grizz team is an NCAA tournament team or not, but I, I do think that they could definitely make a run and, and perhaps be there at the end. But the goal and the stated goal for Coach Takir's program since he took this thing over eight years ago has not just to be in the NCAA tournament, which they have gone twice, but to also be competitive and even try to win a game and break that streak for the big sky in the NCAA tournament. And this is the dichotomy that I think that I struggle with in analyzing this so much. Because on one hand, you're right. The easiest way to control the end result and get yourself to a good seed in the conference tournament is by playing like this, if you can execute it for a full season. But how worn down are you when it gets to the conference tournament? The Big Sky does next to nothing in terms of empowering the top seeds. So who really cares if you go 18-2 and two in league play and get the one seed? Because you're not really getting much more protect, protected than the four. And you have to beat the same team probably anyways on a neutral court. But more than anything, though, my question is, okay, so let's say this is the easiest way to get the number one seed in the regular season title. But is it applicable to the postseason specifically in the NCAA tournament? Because I feel like this is where the Grizz has been, have been at. You can't beat Michigan like this. The only way to beat Michigan is to hit 13 threes and score 85. So it's just this crazy dichotomy. It's going to get you the opportunity more often, but the same result seems like it's coming every time. Well, this is my take, Coulter. I don't know if you remember this. I wrote a story for Skyline the last time when they were going in and facing Michigan the second time. Right. Saying, you know, I know you want to slow it down because you you want to limit the amount of possessions. That's what the underdog always wants to do. This was the, the Ahmad Rory Michael Ogine team. They had an advantage if they got out and ran because Michigan liked to play slow. You've got two of the most athletic guards. I mean, they had a team that was built to do that. I don't think it mattered that year, and that's sort of the point. I don't think it matters. When you get to that stage and you're a 13 seed, you've got to knock off the four. You need so much to go your way no matter what style you play, right? Yep. It's it's true. No, I was now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. We're actually going to save the third question about the Montana State men until tomorrow because we're going to hear from head coach Danny Sprinkle. But we got to take one more break. The Montana Basketball Hour is presented by the Advocates. You can call the Advocates anytime, 406-640-4444, or you can visit online at montanaadvocates.com. What are some of the keys to tonight's game between Montana and Montana State in women's basketball? We get you all set up. Tip about two hours and ten minutes away. A little bit more rivalry talk here on Nuanas Now. Keep it right here. It's ESPN Radio. This is Nuanas Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. You selling me everybody in smoothie on big pun mode. Draco got that Draco the fuck I'm a run for everybody tough to them guns go blah blah raw for you blind me little think he pow out big juice cup little I'm magic down wild hood Many with the talking pulled in a 
foreign oops, I almost Paul Walker. Thought it was a joke when I came in with this stocking. Hopping up the Batmobile, Bruce Wayne on. Duanas now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Who's this? Nipsey Hustle? Full Draco the Ruler. We're okay. doing Dead LA Rappers. Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, Draco. There you go. All right. We did a little Tupac for you. Now a little uh, Draco the Rule. Do I got this right? Gotta love it. I, uh, it's so funny because the only thing I have a hard time staying up on is n- new hip hop. I don't know why. It's so weird. Draco the Ruler, you would actually be fascinated by his story. Uh, but we did we did the Tupac, and you talked about how Tupac yeah. got out of jail and made a bunch of music and then got killed. Uh, that's basically what just what just happened to Draco the Ruler. He was in jail for a while. Got out, put out a bunch of albums. Uh, stabbed to death at a show between Christmas and New Year's. So. Crazy. Rest in peace. Montana Basketball Hour. Here on Nuanas Now, it's presented by the Advocates. You may not need them now, but when you do, know that the Advocates will be there for you. You can call the Advocates anytime, or you can visit them online at MontanaAdvocates.com. You probably wonder what this book is here. This is a book from 1954 that my mother found uh, over the holidays, and it, it's commemorating the 100 greatest sports heroes um, and polling some of the top sports writers in America. And I found it fascinating going through it because a great many of these athletes I'd certainly heard of, and a great many of them I certainly have not. So I think that's an interesting thing to really analyze that, you know, here we are uh, about a a little short of 70 years from when this book came out. And it shows you what it takes and the things that go into the uh, the remembrance of people. So we're not going to do it now because we are up against it. Our good friend Marty Morningweg coming by for the Monday afternoon quarterback talk all things NFL playoffs uh, here in about five, six minutes. But I, I was just going to tell you that we're going to do a little history lesson on any and all the days that it fits in. So you can look forward to that later on this week. We're going to learn a little bit if you don't already know, and maybe you do already know, and then uh, you'll be reminded of. We're going to learn a little bit more about Grover Cleveland Alexander an outstanding pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies. A tease. Once upon a time, he was picked up by the Phillies for 75 bucks. That's what it cost to sign him. Pretty amazing what pro sports has become. But no time for that because we're going to talk a little bit more about tonight's game. 7 p.m., Brick Breeden Fieldhouse, Montana at Montana State. The Bobcat women's basketball team has defeated the Lady Grizz nine times in the last 10 meetings. The last time... The Lady Grizz won in the Brick, came back in 2014. So MSU has dominated this rivalry thus far. But what do we think of tonight's game? We sort of talked about the dichotomy of these two rosters. They, they play completely different styles. But there are a couple key factors in this game. We'll have this game for you right here on SWX, 7 p.m. Chris Byers on the play-by-play. Chris Redpath, our Big Sky Conference insider, on the color. And Alex Eshelman on the sideline. Tease for later on in the week. Krista will be by again for the first hour of Thursday's show. This week, excuse me, Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops, the Krista Redpath. This week's Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops presented by the Missoula Downtown Association. It is Dine Downtown Local Week, so you want to dine locally downtown. Missoula uh, will have all sorts of details for you what that means a little later on in the week. But the MDA, proud presenter of Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops at Crystal Redpath this week. That'll be on Thursday. And one of the main talking points will be this Montana State-Montana game. 
I have a couple things that I think are going to be key factors in this game, but what do you think, Andrew? Andrew Houghton, ESPN Missoula producer, uh, what do you think of uh, just sort of the keys to this game? I do think it really comes down to, and we mentioned this real quick, if Montana is going to be feasting in the post because they do have the one-two punch of Abby Anderson and Carmen G. Feller, Montana State doesn't have a, a ton of experience uh, in terms of the bigs aside from Cola Bad Bear. If Montana can just throw the ball down to Abby Anderson and to Carmen G. Feller and let them eat down there, I mean, that's all that Brian Holsinger is going to do, and it's going to be successful. So I think I'm, I'm really watching for how Montana State plays that, whether it's sending help, doubling, fronting the post, whatever. For me, I, I fully agree. I think that Montana should have some advantages, in the, especially with their offensive players. Because I do think I think that Carmen G. Feller should be a mismatch against every team Montana plays. I think if she is used correctly, I think she is the best individual offensive weapon in the league. I think that some of the players on Idaho State, when working in continuity with each other, are such great offensive units. And I know that Stefania Ors has just been, like you were saying, it's the. Uh, it's the coast-to-coast efficiency tour. She's scoring like 20-plus points on 10 shots like every night out. But here nor there, I do think that G Feller is the biggest matchup nightmare just from individual talent perspective. So it, that should be an advantage for Montana. For MSU, Darren White's a night, matchup nightmare, period, all the way across the board, both sides of the ball. And the further away she gets from uh, the sickness that she had earlier this year, the closer – Montana State gets to having, no question, the best player in the league, in my personal opinion. So I think that gives an equal advantage. But to me, the the key to this game, the number one factor in this game, is that the script has been flipped. For so long, Trisha Binford was always the up-and-coming young coach who had no experience going against Robin Selvig. And now Trisha Binford is in her 17th year, and she is... um, The the dawn is not the right word, but she's the longest-tenured coach in the Big Sky Conference. She's coached in a variety of these rivalry games. And Brian Holsinger, this is his first one. He's never been a head coach in an environment like he's going to experience tonight and uh, never been a head coach in this rivalry. So to me, that matchup from the benches is the key to this game. And going into it, Montana State has a huge advantage because Trisha Bidford is the Big Sky Garvin's coach of the year Three times in the last five years. Well, we all saw what happens when a first-year head coach came to came to Missoula for the Brawl of the Wild game in the fall. So, as our good friend Ty Gregory calls it, the uh, the debacle in Missoula. Yes, we did see it on full display. It's certainly going to be interesting to see it all play out. Two hours from tip here on SWX Montana Television, Montana at Montana State women's hoops. We'll have recaps for you tomorrow and full analysis on around the Big Sky women's basketball with Krista Redpath on Thursday's show. That does it for the Montana Basketball Hour for your Monday. That We'll do this the first hour of each Monday show through the rest of basketball season. It is proudly presented by the Advocates. You may not need them now, but when you do, know that the Advocates will be there for you. You can call the Advocates at any time, 406-640-4444, or you can visit online at montanaadvocates.com. Remember, you deserve an advocate. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. What a crazy weekend in the NFL. Couldn't have been better. We'll diagnose it all, analyze it all, and tell you what's next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. SportsBet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for SportsBet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. 
There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. SportsBet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized SportsBet Montana location or by using the SportsBet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since SportsBet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. SportsBet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized SportsBet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.